This is a Federal News Network podcast. After an initial downturn in the quality of life for service members after the COVID-19 outbreak, troops and their families seem to be rebounding. Even with an extension to the military's stop-move order, families are starting to adapt, but they still face issues. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has the mixed bag story for us. And Scott, let's begin with some of the initial problems that service members were having stuck in limbo, as it were. Yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, the stop move order kind of came out of the blue for a lot of people. And what that meant was that there were families who were moving from one area to another for for orders that uh, were sort of in the middle of it. Maybe they had moved their uh, their belongings already, but they hadn't moved their person or they were had already bought a house or sold the house that they're in. And there were a lot of people just really having issues uh, being stuck in, as you said, in limbo between these two areas. But that wasn't the only place that military families were really hurting. They were also hurting in areas that civilians are hurting, which is in their pocketbooks. So, you know, a lot of them had to dip into their savings or credit card accounts, uh, extra credit card accounts to uh, make necessary purchases. Uh, some couldn't afford groceries past one week. Um, you know, there were there were moving fees that they were you know unexpected at at that point because they had sort of been stuck in between these two areas. As I said, uh, childcare costs, there were a lot of childcare centers that were closing down and they still had to pay to keep their spots in these childcare centers. These are civilian ones. Um, and then, you know, just kind of figuring out how they're going to live this life in, at home. Uh, you know, can they do their job teleworking? Will spouses be able to keep their jobs while their military, uh, other, their military partners are going to work and, and doing their essential jobs? So uh, a lot of different uh, really uncertainty and acute financial and personal disruptions that were uh, being felt by military families and, and frankly, civilians as well. And I would say this could also be an issue for the organizations to which they were assigned that were planning on the arrival of these people to do a job, too, correct? That's right. And, and we really haven't heard too much about that. Uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, has said that military readiness remains very high and that they can really take care of any sort of national mission that they need to take care of. Uh, you know, they've leaned heavily on the National Guard to fill in a lot of the gaps when it comes to responding to COVID-19. So, you know, it, at this point, anyone that was assigned to a certain area previously uh, is just staying in that area. And uh, what the military has done is made sure that they can extend their ID cards, that they have the housing that they need. You know, they're setting up these programs to make sure and make it easier for people to stay in areas that they weren't expecting to stay in uh, longer than their initial stints. Sure. Now, each week seems like an eternity. Where do things stand now with respect to these limbo people and the moves? Right. Well, uh, you know, last week we originally reported that things were, were rebounding. Uh, we saw that the the need to dip into savings had decreased by about 20 percent. Families incurring uh, child care costs, you know, went down from 16 percent to 5 percent. And those who were unable to pay rent and utilities went from 4 percent to 2 percent. So, uh, you know, things were looking up. And then recently we've seen uh, the new survey coming from the Blue Star families. They've been doing this pain point survey about every week or so. And what we're seeing now is 32% of respondents say that they're paying two, rent in two or more places. Now, that's a difference of 20% uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, another big thing is that uh, 19 to 20% of initial uh, per, or excuse me, of essential personnel or civilian essential personnel uh, don't have the childcare that they need. 
And we're also seeing that 54% of military families are increasingly losing access to their normal childcare provider, though. That doesn't necessarily mean the ones that are essential, but just people who are uh, you know, still working from home, but they want to, to keep having that childcare option may not be able to do it. And and as you know, many of the CDCs, the Child Care Development Centers, within bases have been closed down. Right now, there's only about 1,900 children that are being taken care of uh, within the bases, and that's just part of the essential workforce. So uh, as you said in the beginning, it really is a mixed bag. We had good numbers going down, really, from what they originally were. The the extended stop-move order had had really hurt some things in the beginning, and now it seems like it's starting to hurt yeah. things again. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. So I guess the answer is obvious. The extended stop-move order is affecting service members in a big way, as indicated by this Blue Star family's ongoing survey. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speculate too much as to how much these the extended move order is is making these issues more profound because we don't know that there's a direct correlation. But uh, you know, we can say that that there are a lot of them that are affected in different ways. So you know, one of the things that the the army said is that this extended stop move order is going to be affecting forty eight thousand more soldiers than they expected. That's on top of the one hundred twenty thousand troops and within the whole military that are already affected by the original 60-day stop-move order. Uh, we haven't heard any numbers from the other military services, but you can imagine that this is the time for PCSs. I mean, May to August is really, or even September, is that peak area for mo- people to move to their next uh, uh, moves, movie move to their next duty stations. So, uh, you know, this is, is an extreme uh, change in lifestyle and, and uh, that they would... We're not expecting at this point. Well, it seems like the people that decide where people go should just stop moving anybody rather than starting the moves and put putting people in limbo, right? Right. And, and the military, to their credit, has done that at this point. And, um, you, you know, so the stop order that's ended, that is supposed to end on May 15th, which now has been extended to June 30th, I don't think that they've really been pushing too many moves from, from that point. And that was where we started seeing things kind of getting better. They've also loosened some of the restrictions on this this newer extended move order. So people are able to come home from overseas now. There's more waivers that can be uh, created. Uh, one of the things that the military is hoping that some of its families will be able to do is rely on private companies to move uh, these these people and families to their new orders once the, the restrictions are eased a little bit. And that might take some of the burden off of the military as soon as uh, these moving companies, as soon as the people can start moving again. So that way, these moving companies don't have to feel everything all at once. What the military and the government is saying is that they'll pay for 95% of the weight of what is moved. Uh, the question is, is, you know, are these moving companies really going to be still around at this point? And you know, how are they going to respond to the demand? The moving companies are commercial carriers, correct? It's just that a large percentage of a certain group of them have as their main customer, the DOD. Is that what's going on? Exactly. They're sort of confederated into these regions and in a completely different story. They're trying to change that within the military to make it a more centralized process. But uh, at this point, the moving companies are very concerned. The International Association of Movers said they saw at least a $300 million loss from the initial stop move order. 
U.S. Transportation Command has been trying to keep some of the funds flowing for these companies, and they're giving them 10% of the cost for previously scheduled moves that have now been canceled. What the Army has been saying is, you know, how are we going to, if this military stop move order is lifted around July, uh, you know, how are we going to be able to move all the people that needed to be moved in five months within three months, you know, especially if these moving companies are constricted and have lost a lot of their um, base. We're speaking with Federal News Network, Scott Massioni. And switching gears here for a moment, you have written about the warming up of thumbs. The Air Force is trying to find its best video game players. What's going on there? Yeah, this is something that the military as a whole has been trying to get into uh, and as they've moved towards cyber and also as they're trying to appeal to Generation Z, which is that generation younger than me born after 1995. And so what it is, is that that there is a huge esports contingency out there where people play video games in a competitive atmosphere. And the army has pushed really hard in this this area by uh, you know, sending their best video game players to go play. And now the Air Force is doing the exact same thing. They're finding their best video game players for games like Super Smash Brothers and Tekken, which are these fighting one-on-one games, kind of boxing, but with Kung Fu or, you know, using ca- characters like Mario or Yoshi or, uh, you know, different uh, ones like that. And that's, those are things I never thought I'd say on uh, Federal News Network. So those are, you know, they're, they're taking these best players and trying to appeal to people saying, you know, if you can be good at something like this, then you might be have a place in the military because we're looking for people just like you who have cyber skills, hand-eye coordination, people who can fly drones, all those exciting things that have to do with uh, the new technologies that the military is trying to invest in and uh, really make the next generation of weapons. I guess the kids that have just graduated from nickel nips to beer and they can <laughs> do their ply their uh, craft there in the Air Force. And while we have you, Scott, I wanted to ask you about the Theodore Roosevelt. That one has slipped from the top of the headlines lately. What's going on there with that ship that was disabled by coronavirus? Right. Well, it started off as a confusing situation, and that hasn't really changed too much. We still are getting people coming in uh, from the ship that are infected with COVID-19. One of the most staggering things that I found out about this is that about 300 of the initial 545 that were infected were non symptomatic. They did not have symptoms of COVID-19. It was a really interesting case study of this virus, how dangerous it is in the sense that it infects people and can infect many other people without anyone else even noting, no, knowing it. Uh, since then, that that number has gone up to about 800 people that were infected with COVID-19. So that's getting close to one-fifth of the people on that 4,800-person uh, four, ship. Uh, you know, and then obviously there was the whole leadership issue with uh, Colonel Colonel Crozier. Uh, He was initially relieved from duty. The Navy has come back with a recommendation saying that he should be reinstated. And right now, Secretary Esper and Mark Milley, the uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, are looking into if they're actually going to reinstate him. Uh, You know, obviously there's some politics and, and things that need to go on behind the scenes before they make an actual decision on that. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Be sure to check out all of his coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. 
It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.